This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Talking Otago with ORC. Well, the South Dunedin Future Programme is a joint initiative between the Dunedin City Council and the Otago Regional Council to develop climate change adaptation options for South Dunedin. It's been much talked about um, for a number of years now. Uh, we'll find out now just where that programme is at. Joining us on the line, the programme manager, Jonathan Rowe. Jonathan, uh, kia ora, good to have you with us. Kia ora, good morning, Jess, and thanks for having me. Jonathan, perhaps you could start with giving us a little bit of a history as to as to how and why this plan came together. Sure. Well, I guess climate change has been a topic of discussion in regards to self-made for a number of years now. Um, and it really, uh, I think things came to a head in 2015 when, that, when the big floods occurred in June and people started to look at it really seriously. Um, with a lot of different views and a lot of um, concerns around the exposure that many people faced out there. And I think it was a catalyst for councils to look at it and say, hey, we need to take a, a bit of a collaborative, integrated approach to this because it's a really complicated, long-term issue. And that was sort of formed the genesis for what is now the South Dunedin Future Programme. What have been the, um, the contributing elements to bring this plan together so far, Jonathan? It's a combination of things, really. There's, the plan outlines kind of five phases, if you like. The first of those is really looking at you know, what's happening in South Dunedin, and that, that's all around the changes to the physical environment. So some of those are around the changes that have occurred in the past, so reclamation um, of that land, a former coastal wetland out there, and the complications that that creates around um, groundwater. And, and as many people in South Dunedin will know, you know if, if you dig down into your backyard too far, sometimes, or sooner or later, depending on what the tides are doing, it starts to fill up. Um, so there's, there's those sorts of issues. You've got um, a lot of rain fall that filters down and, and the hills and sort of funnels into the South Bend area. And then, of course, people will be familiar with climate change and the impacts associated with um, a rising sea level. So all of these things are sort of combining. So that's one of the elements of the program. We want to kind of look at those, understand them, see what they're going to, how they're going to change over time and then communicate that to all of the stakeholders so that they have a really good sense of that. We want to talk to people about what matters to them, so what do they value about stuff and even and, and how might that be affected by by this changing climate that we're facing. And that's a whole lot of things around not just you know, assets, their, their homes, but also their communities, um, the environment, the kind of cultural connections to the land. The third bit really is around you know, what can we do about all of that? And there's a whole spectrum of options. Um, uh, you know, if you think about at either end of that, it's probably people talk about fight, you know, digging in and building seawalls and the like. And at the other end, it's people talk about flight, which is a term around that people might have heard called managed retreat, where yeah, essentially, you know, you, you retreat from an area that's under risk. And then the last two phases of the program are really on, you know, how we, once we've decided what we want to do about it, um, how do we crack on and make that happen? And then the fifth phase is really around monitoring it. So how do we make sure it's working? Um, and then adjusting because there are lots of uncertainties. It's a complex piece of work, isn't it? Um, and necessarily you need to be looking long-term here. Um, you've had to take into account a lot of factors, you know, including the, the people that live there. Um, they've been part of the process uh, in terms of the, the consultation around this so far? Absolutely. So community engagement a key pillar or the key pillar of the whole 
the whole program really. Um, and that's that's maybe a slightly different approach to um, how, how these things can happen in the past with really major projects. So, as I say, lots of uncertainty with it. We don't we don't know what um, what global emissions are going to look like in, in, in 50 and 100 years. We don't know exactly what sea level is going to look like or necessarily how the weather's going to be or, or the effect on various hazards. So we have to plan for lots of different possibilities and, and that involves lots of different consultation and engagement with, with stakeholders, the community out there, to kind of give them a sense about all the different things that could happen. And also so that people understand what their options are. And, and some of those are going to be you know, what what decisions and actions council take, but some of them are going to be what personal decisions people make about you know their own investments, um, where they live, um, and what they can expect if they live there. Your appointment's a joint one between the Dunedin City Council and the Otago Regional Council. What have you put in front of them recently? Yeah, so I, I'm, um, I just have the benefit of working across both councils, and it's really it's a really great role in that sense because there's so many different vertical parts of each council that, 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 have, a, that have a role in this, whether that's transport, three waters, parks and recreation, natural hazards. And then working across all of them helps um, kind of bring that together and coordinate it. So what, what we've recently presented to both DCC and ORC councils is a plan for how this could work. And basically, um, it's a four to five year process. We've broken it down into... Um, 40 odd steps and essentially my colleague talks about you know how you eat an elephant well you know, one mouthful at a time and that's what we've done is tried to break this really big long complex process into bite-sized pieces and we're going to you know, bite them one at a time um, and that's going to some of the first things we're going to do around that is um, building on a lot of the community engagement we've done in the last couple of years around what's happening and getting a sense of what people want. We need to really up our communications game so that we've got a lot of quite complex natural hazards information, for example, but it's not particularly accessible to the average person. So we need to do a whole lot of work around turning this information to products that people can easily digest and understand, make it available on websites, put it on social media, infographics and the like. So there's a whole lot of work around that. Um, going to do some investigations into um, the natural hazards and also look at, do a bit of an international and national study around, you know, what are other people doing in this space and, and are there lessons that we could learn. In terms of the most immediate next steps, what are those? Um, so part of it is around setting up the, st- the structures of the programme, so getting getting access to all of um, all of the key groups, all of the key stakeholders, as I say, kind of communicating the information to them. And then the, the big piece, really, that people are interested in is, you know, what could this look like? Um, so I think in, in the next six to 12 months, we want to be in a position where we can say, um, these are the types of adaptation options that might be on the table for South Dunedin. These are their pros and cons. Um, and this is what they might cost at ballpark figures. And that's the kind of big next step in terms of getting a sense of what stakeholders and the community think about those options. And then basically we do a process of rinse and repeat repeat where we consult with them on a whole range of options, take that feedback and fine-tune things, probably eliminate a couple of the less popular or less viable options, 
and you start to go through this process of narrowing it down until you land on some preferred approaches, and then, then we look to roll them out. So that's an important point, isn't it, that that not all of the decisions on the on what happens have been put in place yet. Rather, this is a plan that throws up a series of options that need to be worked through. Correct, yeah. So, the, so we haven't produced any answers yet. What we've done is sort of outlined a process where we can work through all the issues and that will generate answers, basically. Um, I realise it can be frustrating for people. Um, you know, everyone wants to kind of know what we're going to do now. Um, but it's a really complex process and it's going to be long-term. And it's really worthwhile taking the time to engage with affected communities, understand what they want and, and what's on the table. And as, and as I said before, there's lots and lots of uncertainty with this. So we want to avoid a scenario where we pick an option now, put, put a whole lot of investment into it, and then find out in 10 years' time that, oh, maybe that wasn't the best approach, but we're committed now. Mana Fena were playing a role as well, Jonathan? Absolutely. So um, we've, we've got some really great conversations we've had and, and, and yet to have with Mana Fena around one, how we sort of design and, and conceive of the program and what it's trying to do and also things around um, the cultural elements, the cultural restoration and that sort of pre-European history and, and what those landscapes look like in South Dunedin and whether this could be a process that might contribute to restoring some of those. Um, there's a lot, lot to work to do there. Um, so it's an exciting space. Have you got the big tick as far as both councils are concerned in terms of, of what you've presented in the report so far so that you can feel that you can move on with it? Yes, so we, we, both councils approved the plans and um, or the same plan in, in July. So we have got that that take if you like, um, and which is great because I, I think prior to having that, because the program is kind of so complicated and, and there's lots of elements to it, it's been a little bit difficult to communicate to people and have them understand kind of what it is and what it's not. So I think we've we've defined the program, we've explained what it is, um, we've outlined the process, you know, for the next four years to kind of um, spit out what we think would be a really great adaptation plan and strategy for South D and we've obviously convinced enough councillors to vote for it that um, we've got that mandate to crack on and do it. Jonathan, you mentioned uh, that you know that communications around this is going to be going to be key along the way. Um, for those right now who are kind of proactive in that space, if they want to see what work has been done to date and to follow what's going on, where should they go? So there's a number of places. The, probably the best place to start is the Dunedin City Council website um, has a South Dunedin Future Web page there that has a bunch of information around. Um, the program that has the issues that are, that are up. Um, that would be a good place to start. The ORC also has a whole lot of information on South Dunedin, more through a natural hazards lens, and they also have a natural hazards portal that people can um, look into some of the hazards in, the, in a bit more detail, sea level rise, um, groundwater um, and the like. And and then basically just follow the links. We we provide a reasonably regular update in the lowdown, which is a, um, a print communication that goes out in South Sea, and we'll be looking to put a bit more in the paper um, and one or two other places. I'm, I'm told we need to be on social media, so I, I need to kind of 
get um, get a bit cooler than I am now and get a bit more <laughs> up to date with the young people. Good on you, Jonathan. Jonathan Rowe, Program Manager with South Dunedin Future. Thanks for taking some time to join us here on ORFM to, to bring us up to date with the work uh, so far. Plenty yet to do, but uh, nice to see that um, that we've got um, the the momentum going forward on, on an issue that will be of great concern, of course, not just to people of South Dunedin, but for people um, across the city and indeed probably across the world as we look at um, various cities and places making their decisions about adaptation to climate change. Most interesting topic. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for the opportunity and happy to come back and provide an update. Kia ora. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.